Department of Education Office of Special Education and Rehabilitative Services Office of Special Education Programs September 28, 2020 The Office of Special Education Programs, OSEP, within the U.S. Department of Education's Department, Office of Special Education and Rehabilitative Services, issues this question and answer, Q&A document in response to inquiries concerning implementation of the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, IDEA, Part B, provision of services in the current COVID-19 environment other than statutory and regulatory requirements included in the document, the contents of this guidance do not have the force and effect of law and are not meant to bind the public. This document is intended only to provide clarity to the public regarding existing requirements under the law or agency policies. To review other Q&A documents that OSEP has provided related to COVID-19, Please visit https colon slash slash sites.ed.gov slash idea slash topic dash areas slash hash covid dash one nine. Information specific to the COVID-19 pandemic may be found online at https colon slash slash www.ed.gov slash coronavirus. Additional OSEP K-12 resources, strategies and support materials are available at https colon slash 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 idea part b service provision state educational agencies seas and local educational agencies lease are facing new and unexpected challenges in providing meaningful instruction to children including children with disabilities for the 2020-2021 school year OSEP recognizes that the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted various parts of the nation in different ways OSEP also recognizes that circumstances continue to rapidly change, and ultimately, the health and safety of children, families, and the school community is most important. Decisions about the 2020-2021 school year, including how and when educational and other services are provided, are being made by state and local officials, with continued academic growth and the safety of the local school community being of paramount significance. As public agencies and officials grapple with challenging decisions, administrators, educators, and parents one may need to consider multiple one under 34 CFR paragraph 300.30a, the term parent means, one, a biological or adoptive parent of a child, two, a foster parent, unless state law, regulations, or contractual obligations with a state or local entity prohibit a foster parent from acting as a parent. 3. A guardian generally authorized 400 Maryland Avenue SW, Washington, District of Columbia, 20202-2800, www.ed.gov. The Department of Education's mission is to promote student achievement and preparation for global competitiveness by fostering educational excellence and ensuring equal access. Options for delivering instruction, including special education and related services to children with disabilities. Those options could include remote distance instruction, in-person attendance, or a combination of both remote distance instruction and in-person attendance hybrid model. However, OSEP reminds C's and LEAS that no matter what primary instructional delivery approach is chosen, C's, LEAS, 
and Individualized Education Program IEP, teams remain responsible for ensuring that a free appropriate public education FAPE, is provided to all children with disabilities. If state and local decisions require schools to limit or not provide in-person instruction due to health and safety concerns, CES, LEES, and IEP teams are not relieved of their obligation to provide FAPE to each child with a disability under IDEA. This document is meant to aid these and parents in identifying steps they can take to ensure that as the 2020-2021 school year continues, children with disabilities are well positioned with an educational program that meets each child's unique needs. Just as a child's needs may change during the school year, so can the circumstances needed to ensure the health and safety of children in the entire school community. Therefore, School staff and parents are encouraged to work together to find ways to meet the needs of children with disabilities, notwithstanding the COVID-19 challenges. Q1. What steps can an LEA take to ensure each child with a disability has an IEP in effect at the start of the 2020-2021 school year? Under 34 CFR paragraph 300.323A, at the beginning of each school year, each public agency, which includes LEAS, must have an IEP in effect for each child with a disability within its jurisdiction. To ensure that an appropriate IEP is in place for each child, the LEA may need to convene a meeting of the child's IEP team, which includes the individuals described in Q2, to determine whether any revisions to the IEP are needed. 34 CFR paragraph 300.324 B1. We understand circumstances are always subject to change and recognize that ultimately the health and safety of children, families, and the school community is most important. CES and their public agencies must make every effort to continue to provide children with disabilities with the special education and related services appropriate to their needs. To act as the child's parent, or authorized to make educational decisions for the child, but not the state if the child is a ward of the state, for an individual acting in the place of a biological or adoptive parent, including a grandparent, step-parent, or other relative with whom the child lives, or an individual who is legally responsible for the child's welfare, or 5. A surrogate parent who has been appointed in accordance with 34 CFR paragraph 300.519 or section 639A5 of the IDEA. 2. As conditions continue to change throughout the country, some of the special education and related services included in a child's IEP may need to be provided in a different manner. However, all children with disabilities must continue to receive FAPE and must have the chance to meet challenging objectives. To therefore, IEP teams should identify how the special education and related services included in a child's IEP will be provided and should consider a variety of instructional methods and settings. For example, IEP teams can discuss how a child's IEP will be implemented with traditional in-person instruction and how services also could be provided through remote distance instruction if circumstances require a change to distance learning or a hybrid model. In making these determinations, IEP teams should consider alternate available instructional methodologies or delivery, such as online instruction, teleconference, direct instruction via telephone or video conferencing, 
or consultative services to the parent, if feasible. Q2, which members of the IEP team must participate in the review discussed in Q1, the IEP team members referenced in 34 CFR paragraph 300.321a are generally required to participate in meetings to develop, review, and revise a child's IEP. This list includes, among other participants, the parents of the child, not less than one regular education teacher of the child, if the child is, or may be, participating in the regular education environment, and not less than one special education teacher of the child, or where appropriate, not less than one special education provider of the child. Under 34 CFR paragraph 300.321e, it is permissible for certain members to be excused from attending the IEP team meeting, in whole or in part, if the IEP team meeting involves a modification to or discussion of the member's area of the curriculum or related services, the member may be excused from attending an IEP team meeting, in whole or in part, if the parent, in writing, and the public agency consent to the excusal, and the member submits, in writing to the parent and the IEP team, input into the development of the IEP prior to the meeting. Q3. When is an LEA permitted to use the IEP amendments process in 34 CFR paragraph 300.324? The IDEA Part B regulations provide in 34 CFR paragraph 300.324 A 4 I that in making changes to a child's IEP after the annual IEP team meeting for a school year, the parent of a child with a disability and the public agency may agree not to convene in 2 and F. The Douglas County School District Re 1, 137S.CT, 988, 1000, 2017. Three disability and a public agency agree, in writing, that the attendance of the member is not necessary because the member's area of the curriculum or related services is not if the parent of a child with a being modified or discussed in the meeting. IEP team meeting for the purpose of making those changes and instead, may develop a written document to amend or modify the child's current IEP. It is important to note that an amendment to an IEP cannot take the place of an annual IEP team meeting. See also Q6. If changes are made to the child's IEP through a written document, the public agency must ensure that the child's IEP team is informed of those changes. In addition, under 34 CFR paragraph 300.503a, the public agency must provide the parent with prior written notice that meets the requirements of 34 CFR paragraph 300.503b. A reasonable time before the public agency, one, proposes to initiate or change the identification, evaluation, or educational placement of the child or the provision of FAPE to the child, or two, refuses to initiate or change the identification, evaluation, or educational placement of the child or the provision of FAPE to the child. This provision applies, even if the IEP is amended without convening an IEP team meeting, pursuant to 34 CFR paragraph 300.324A4. Q4. If extended school year, ESY services were unable to be provided during the summer due to the COVID-19 pandemic, 
What additional steps can public agencies take to make FAPE available to children with disabilities who require such services? ESY services are defined as special education and related services that are, 1. Provided to a child with a disability beyond the normal school year of the public agency, 2. Provided in accordance with the child's IEP, 3. Are at no cost to the parents of the child, and 4. Meet the standards of the SEA. Each public agency must ensure that ESY services are available as necessary to provide FAPE to children with disabilities. 34 CFR paragraph 300.106. It is important to remember that IEP team determinations regarding ESY services are prospective and not intended to make up for past denials of FAPE. The specific analysis and standards that an IEP team may use to determine whether a child requires ESY services in order to receive FAPE are left to states to determine. However, the determination must be based on the individual needs of the child, and not on the category of the child's disability. 3334 CFR paragraph 300.106A3I. See also Assistance to States for the Education of Children with Disabilities and the Early Intervention Program for Infants and Toddlers with Disabilities, Final Rule, 64 Fed. Reg. 12406, 12576, 12477, March 12, 1999. Parent must be provided with a revised copy of the IEP with the changes incorporated. 34 CFR paragraph 300.324 A6. For upon request, A. A child's entitlement to needed ESY services continues to apply even if schools and other facilities are closed due to COVID-19. The department recognizes ESY services are typically provided to children with disabilities during the summer months. We understand that some ESY services, particularly those that require direct, in-person contact, may not have been able to be delivered this past summer. In such instances, public agencies should consider providing ESY services to the child during the normal school year during school breaks or vacations where appropriate to the child's needs and consistent with applicable standards. For initial evaluation Q5, what exceptions are available to an LEA in meeting the timeline requirement for conducting initial evaluations and IEP team meetings when access to school buildings is limited or current health restrictions prevent face-to-face meetings? Under 34 CFR paragraph 300.301 C1, The initial evaluation must be conducted within 60 days of receiving parental consent for the evaluation, or if the state has established a time frame within which the evaluation must be conducted, within that time frame. The exceptions to the initial evaluation time frame are set forth in 34 CFR paragraph 300.301 d. Those exceptions permit extension of the time frame if a parent repeatedly fails or refuses to produce the child for the assessment, or if the child enrolls in a new school in a new public agency after the relevant time frame has begun. States may specifically adopt a time frame within which the initial evaluation must be conducted, including adopting the IDEA 60-day time frame.
states that specifically adopt a time frame within which the initial evaluation must be conducted, including adopting the IDEA 60-day time frame, also have the flexibility to establish additional exceptions through state regulation or policy. Initial and Annual IEP Team Meetings Q6 what flexibilities are available to an IEP team in meeting the initial and annual IEP team meeting requirements when access to schools is limited or local restrictions prevent face-to-face -face meetings? Within 30 days of determining a child needs special education and related services, an IEP must be developed for the child in accordance with 4C also, questions and answers on providing services to children with disabilities during the coronavirus disease 2019 outbreak, March 12, 2020, Q&A 1, regarding consideration of compensatory services, if needed to make up for any skills that may have been lost, when FAPE cannot be provided. 5. 34 CFR paragraph paragraph 300.320 through 300.324. 34 CFR paragraph paragraph 300.306 C2 and 300.323 C1. In addition, under 34 CFR paragraph 300.324 B1 I, each child's IEP must be reviewed periodically, but not less than annually to determine whether the annual goals are being achieved. The department recognizes that some states, due to operational constraints because of the COVID-19 pandemic, are currently unable to conduct face-to-face -face IEP team meetings. Under 34 CFR paragraph 300.322, a, Lees must take steps to ensure that one or both parents attend or are afforded the opportunity to participate in an IEP team meeting by notifying them of the meeting early enough to ensure that they can attend and by scheduling the meeting at a mutually agreed upon time and place. If face-to-face -face meetings are not feasible or practicable, the department encourages the use of the flexibility included in 34 CFR paragraph 300.328, which allows Lees to conduct initial and annual IEP team meetings through alternate means. Such alternate means could include a telephone or video conference call, if feasible and consistent with privacy standards, if acceptable to the parents and other IEP team meeting participants. Re-evaluation Q7. How can Lee's conduct re-evaluations to determine a child's continued eligibility for IDEA Part B when staff cannot conduct in-person meetings or evaluations due to the pandemic? Under Part B of IDEA, a re-evaluation must occur at least once every three years, unless the parent and the public agency agree that a re-evaluation is unnecessary. 34 CFR Paragraph 300.303 B2 the department acknowledges that, during the pandemic, social distancing measures and each child's individual disability-related needs may make administering some in-person evaluations impracticable and may place limitations on how evaluations and re-evaluations are conducted under IDEA Part B. Lees should investigate all appropriate assessment instruments and tools to determine if some can be administered or completed remotely during the pandemic provided that evaluation of the child is based on personal observation, whether in person or through video conferencing. Lees should also work with the developers of their current assessment instruments to determine if the instruments can be administered or completed remotely, without significantly impacting the validity and reliability of the results. However, 
under 34 CFR paragraph 300.304 C 1 3 V tests and other evaluation materials must be used for the purposes for which the assessments or measures are valid and reliable and must be administered by trained and knowledgeable personnel in accordance with any instructions provided by the producer of the assessments. Note that when conducting re-evaluations under Part B, the IEP team and other qualified professionals must conduct a review of existing evaluation data on the child. 6. A re-evaluation based solely on a review of existing evaluation data must be sufficiently comprehensive to determine data on the child may occur without a meaning and without obtaining parental the review of existing evaluation consent. 34 CFR paragraph paragraph 300.300 D 1 and 300.305 A and B educational needs of the child. 34 CFR paragraph 300.305 A. Whether the child continues to have a disability in the 7. 17, 1954, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren delivered the unanimous ruling in the landmark civil rights case Brown v. Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas. State-sanctioned segregation of public schools was a violation of the 14th Amendment and was therefore unconstitutional. AUG 15, 2016 What is Title I? In broad terms, the purpose of Title I is to even the playing field for our low-achieving children, high-poverty children, LEP children, migratory children, children with disabilities, Indian children, neglected or delinquent children. According to the U.S. Department of Education, the purpose of Title I funding is to ensure that all children have a fair, equal, and significant opportunity to obtain a high-quality education and reach, at minimum, proficiency on challenging state academic achievement standards and state academic assessments. Title I is the largest federally funded program in education. It was signed into law in 1965 by President Lyndon Johnson. The Elementary and Secondary Education Act ESEA, or Title I was designed to help students having difficulties with reading by providing funds for extra academic help. Title I, Part A, Title I of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, as amended by the Every Student Succeeds Act ESEA, provides financial assistance to local educational agencies, LEAS, and schools with high numbers or high percentages of children from low-income families to help ensure that all children meet. October 24, 2018 It is a not-for-profit agency that oversees public engagement in Nevada. The Nevada PEP is a statewide non-profit organization dedicated to providing information and support to families of children with disabilities. The acronym PEP stands for Parents Encouraging Parents, Parents Educating Professionals, and Professionals Empowering Parents. Pursuant to NRS 385.630, the Nevada Department of Education Office of Parent Involvement and Family Engagement was established in 2012 to actively promote and support the participation and engagement of families and communities. All Nevada families are welcomed and encouraged to.
participate in their children's education and are afforded opportunities for active involvement, strengthened through collaboration with the community and school. This office was created under AB 224 that is now NRS 385.600, works with school districts to share family engagement best practices and grants, collaborates with the Advisory Council for Family Engagement to create and evaluate statewide policies, teams with the Steering Committee for Nevada's Family Engagement in Education Summit, provides reports to the Nevada Legislature. Is the PTA or is it only the FACES the organization that has partnered with CCSD? The vision and mission of the Family and Community Engagement Services FACES Department of the Clark County School District is to work with all stakeholders in supporting all children's academic, social, and emotional growth. FACES engages families, schools, and community partners in ensuring the success for all children. Nevada PDA is only one of many partners that FACES works with in order to nurture trust, improve communication, and help families and communities advocate for their children's success. Where is the plan to engage parents or local community and where do I find the events? The CCSD Strategic Plan, Focus, 2024, outlines specific objectives to support family and community engagement. The plan attached includes University of Family Learning UFL workshops for families who access learning opportunities centered on four focus areas. Parents as teaching partners, navigating the school system, parent leadership, and family wellness and development. UFL workshops are held at school sites, libraries, recreation centers, and other locations throughout the community. FACES Embedded Community Partners offer over 150 different workshops. To see where the FACES UFL workshops are being held, please see the master calendar at http colon slash slash faces.ccsd.net slash university dash of dash family dash learning dash UFL slash UFL dash calendar. What happens at the district level to engage parents? The Clark County School District follows Policy 1140, see attached, in collaborating with all stakeholders to increase family engagement. While FACES provides supports and resources for schools in order to meet their family engagement initiatives and goals, each school is responsible for carrying out their individual school plans to engage families. Family engagement goals are found in the School Performance Plan, Title I Plan, ELL Master Plan, and read by three plan as required by the district, as well as state and federal governments. With the reorganization of the Clark County School District, parents can serve on school organizational teams, SOT. More information on the details of the reorganization and the roles and responsibilities of the SOT can be found at reorg.ccsd.net. Parents and family members are encouraged to attend district-level events and meetings in order to gain knowledge and continually have a voice in the education of their children. District-level meetings, such as school board meetings or individual trustee meetings, and other events can often be found on the banner at ccsd.net. Cindy Smith-Johnson Public Records Request Office of Communications 702-799-5865 WAN 0015550503 Public Record Request at nv.ccsd.net Smith C3 at nv.ccsd.net
So I have to say, did you notice that there was no board approval on that notice? So that's just something an employee wrote up. I don't even know how legal it is, but it really doesn't matter because they use it as a reference to how they serve the community. And I don't know where black community is even engaged in this process. So until we meet again, y'all, trying to help y'all learn a little bit every time. Alternative education program for students okay. on parole. I'm, I'm students attend online okay. classes at the Las Vegas Youth Parole Bureau, facilitated by a certified adult education teacher from Clark County School District. The program enables students to continue their education while on parole. The program also offers our youth an opportunity to work on a high school equivalency certificate or their high school diploma. One. How is CCSD determining disproportionality in the subgroups and as far as the behavioral interventions that are support to happen even for students who are placed in the juvenile system? How is their education supported through CCSB? Answer. The Clark County School District works closely with the Department of Juvenile Justice Services to provide instruction during the adjudication process. Two. With the recent changes in the laws that allow much of the federal support to be in the general fund budget, yet the action steps in which support is provided to the lowest preforming student is reverent? Answer. Current funding from various federal, state, and local incentives provide support for all students both in and out of the juvenile system including additional support for our lowest performing students. Three. It is difficult to understand the action steps taken that support your underperforming students, that is I am concerned of the overrepresentation of black children in the behavior process and the underrepresentation of sustained services in the Title I arena. I am unaware of the targeted support for underperforming black children in Clark County. Answer. Every effort is made to support underperforming students in all demographic categories and efforts are always underway to address the overrepresentation of minority students in the behavior process. 4. So, whatever you have that would demonstrate the maintenance of effort and the sustainability of the adequately yearly progress of the targeted underperforming subgroup of black children in Clark County School District, one of the top five largest urban and rural school districts. I feel that CCSD is not addressing the issue of disproportionality in the black community and has left the work up to the community to address change without the ability to address any of the issues of failure. Reality is the cost of staff varies from site to site and from program to program and teacher get to choose how and where they work even if they support for professional development is not supporting the lowest achieving students. I personally feel that the policies prohibit support for all groups where the work is not support equally. We am sufficiently sure that my concerns are not being addressed, yet all children are not be supported equally. Answer. All students are targeted with high-quality educational services supported by district-wide professional development initiatives in order to prevent students from falling behind their peers and increase students' achievement. 5. What is the maintenance of effort in the black community? It seems to be lacking according to the Nevada Department of Education in the end-year data performance maintenance. Answer. The Clark County School District continues to work with the black community in supporting our students and finding available resources and partnerships for them.
I wanted to come and talk to families or parents about their children in the public school system. The reality is, is that most black Americans don't even understand public schools. The real issue is that, you know, our, our communities are not connected anymore. We live in communities are, that are disaggregated, that you may not see one black parent or you might not have one black neighbor, but you're all going to the public service sector. And so usually when younger people have children, they try to follow the process and that's just real, it's so difficult. It starts off with early education. But if your child's not having access or having difficulties with public education, then you need to understand that it has to be your responsibility to ensure that access happens. What does access actually look like, you may ask yourself. Well, truly, it doesn't look like you being called up every day because your child's having a problem. And simply because COVID hit, we all need to recognize that perhaps we were not participating at a level in which we should have to empower ourselves for the oversight of the public school system. We all just need to understand one thing, and that one thing being that America is not free. Actually, nothing is free. Nobody rides for free in America. There is a price to be paid. What does that price look like? It could look like anything because it's not their responsibility that you understand the system. And that's just simply it. Public schools, let's just understand what that looks like. Because most communities, especially here in Nevada, I can see that the invitation is not an invitation to come in for the public. Although all public people really produce dollars for public services because everybody has to pay. And living in Nevada, if you win a large sum of money, then you're going to have to pay your share on that money that you win, according to the federal guidance, which could be a lot if you win a lot. But just understand, those dollars that come back to your local community based on the census are supposed to support children to become sustainable. And what does sustainable look like? Hmm. You know, it's just, time just flies by so quickly. And the struggle continues. Simply because the struggle just continues. The public school system or the educational system or the machine that runs America is a machine that is totally empowered by the number of children who are birthed in America because all children have basic rights to a basic education. But what does that basic education look like to you? Well, it just depends on what you understand you have a right to. So, you know, if you think that the letter grade of F is acceptable or having your child score far, far below basic is acceptable to you? Well, I can say that once a child is deemed to be below basic, that's basically where they stay. They don't move forward. There is no progression beyond below basic. 
Because when you're below basic, the reality is, is that you're not engaging in the process. You're not completing the work, therefore you don't know what's going on, and therefore you could be left behind. And left behind is where we are. Because initially, we fought for the right to be involved in the public school system and have equal access. Well, the access was created and then slowly chipped away at by behavioral norms and abnorms. What do I mean? What do you mean behavioral norms and abnorms? Well, you know, it just means that certain things are accepted as accepted and certain things are denied. I mean, there's not accepted. And when kids are in a large classroom who don't transition well, well, they're targeted and put out of the classroom. Ask me, how does that support you in your journey? Well, I can just tell you it doesn't. Because soon and very soon, most children stop making progress. And once they're not making progress anymore, they're not engaged. But guess what? As long as they're enrolled in school, the public district gets a benefit. They get to keep all those monies for taxes that come back to local communities to provide support for children in poverty or children with disabilities or children that speak multiple languages. I mean, the federal government just truly helps states. But we live in a country called America where there are Democrats and Republicans and non-committed people, whatever. But the reality is those non-committed people can sway elections. And more than that, the reality is when people choose to stand up and vote, people can make a difference because we live in that kind of world. We live in the world of influences and influencers. Most influencers share messages through music like Nipsey did. Or, you know, like Marvin Gaye did. Or like, you know, gosh, Smokey Robinson. All of the greatest people in the world that shared messages shared it through the music. And the system of corporate America realized how black people were continuing to sustain themselves. So they corrupted the music. And now the music is all corrupt. Because our people who were singers who had been given a gift in the first place, they weren't given their gift to lead. No, leading is not what they were given the gift for. They were given the gift to engage, to share their message. And, you know, what's going on was a message, right? I mean, it's real. We just have to understand that there have been so many message makers and now what's out there is basically a WAP. Okay, you know what that is. Most older white people know what that is too because their children are just what elated in making the joke about what a WAP really is. And I'm saying that, come on now, all women have one. Until they get old. (laughs) It's a joke. (laughs) It's my personal joke. (laughs) Oh, But I just have to say that, um, you know, 
I wanted to do a podcast about what empowers you as an individual, what empowers you as a parent in the public school system, because all parents have rights. And when parents have rights, they can influence their children's ability to participate in the process. But the process doesn't happen by itself. There's nothing saying that if your child is failing, you will ever know. Because simply, children are being socially promoted to save jobs and, you know, save the economy, basically. Come on now, every city has a harvest of children. Because children mean schools are built. And within the schools, they have air conditioners and door makers. And, you know, just name all the parts that go to build a schoolhouse or a building or uh, electronics or all the resources that are going into the service industry for education. And then know that that money is allocated, additional support is allocated by the federal government, which is offering you a free and appropriate public education. But what did that what just what is that consist of? And I can tell you absolutely it consists of what you understand your right to access is. Simply. Because if you understand you have a right to benefit, then you continue to negotiate for the benefit. And you come together with the staff and the teachers and you request assessments and data to demonstrate the curriculum that they have chosen to work with your child is working. Because if it's not, then it is your responsibility to engage in a process that says, maybe this is not working for my child and I'd like to explore other avenues. Because you have a right to explore. And because parents have a right to full educational evaluations that demonstrate how the children learn. Well, let's just let me tell you. It is the difference between a Cadillac education and what would be the opposite of a Cadillac? A Pinto, maybe? Hmm. Who knows? Who knows what it might be? The equivalent. Because so many children who are undereducated are going to the penitentiary. And simply because here in Nevada, they are underfunding schools that are generating the money it's problematic and by problematic I mean that there are so many children in and poverty that are in failing situations and I'm so elated that the governor has stepped in to ensure that some grants money goes out to help engage students who did not have access to the digital technology, who were not engaged in the educational process. And simply, let's understand how money is moved in a district. So when people are saying that, you know, that they're in the position of being so overwhelmed with the money and that they don't have enough money, Oh, they don't have enough money. You know why? Because they were inappropriately using the money. So they were taking the money that was generated from the poor children. And then during the May revise in California, they would move it to other schools that were created like, you know, 
alternative programs in schools because the children were no longer in those schools or programs, but their attendance didn't move from those schools. No, the attendance stayed at the schools, but they were enrolled in a program under special education. And you just have to understand that behavior is an offer of a free and appropriate public education. As long as the district is engaged in your educational options, then you are receiving what is adequate to the federal government. And it has to be the parent who stops that from happening. So I've been on here almost about 13 or 14 minutes, and I think that's about enough. But I'm going to continue to blog and talk about how to empower yourself. I, I just want you to inbox me on all of my platforms that I'm sharing and ask questions because it has to be you that saves yourself. I mean, you know, that's what life's about. Learning to empower yourself. And everything that you absolutely need to be successful as an individual is on the internet. So how blessed are we to have COVID and to have access? So that's what we're going to struggle to ensure that and that all of our people have access to the internet and have access to a device to continue, to just continue in their education. I'm going to stop recording right now. Now say follow me on on what Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And I'm on Instagram. And hey, now I'm on Anchor.